All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode and allow me to introduce my guest. You may recognize her from social media where she spreads mental health awareness through her project, This Is Me. And you also might recognize her from WWE where she wrestled as Caitlin and held the Divas Championship. Celeste Bonin, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for the intro. Thank you for having me on. Um, it was cool when you reached out. Um, I was in a, I had my husband and I, we were on a call with our mentor, with our coach. And she, she was like, you know, what do you guys want to, what else do you guys want to accomplish this year? And we're like, we want to get on more stages. We want to get on more podcasts. And then like, I went and checked my email and I had a email from you about doing this podcast. And then I, I got another one too. So I was like, cool. Like the universe is listening. So um thank you so much for the intro thanks for having me on um, and i'm super excited so well it's good to know i got you at a good time then so <laughs> yeah it was like per it was very aligned like perfect timing yeah so how has 2020 20, or 2023 i almost said 2022 <laughs> how, how is that it's hard to believe i know we're sitting here may 1st it's hard to believe that it's been that many uh months already it's four I, months in i know i know i feel like i say that every year when it comes to like a you know like a significant season um, I'm like, man, when did that happen? But truly 2023, I feel like has, I feel like it was just January. I think like it was literally just the new year. Um, but I, man, 2023, it has seemed like a blink of an eye, but it's also been, um, just like really transformational in, in a lot of ways. And I, I think that probably will resonate with a lot of people. Um, cause I find, you know, in the work that I do and just being a human being that everybody's had kind of a rough go since, you know, a couple of years ago, 2020 really, I think shook a lot of things up and uh, opened a lot of people's eyes to new things, new ways of living, new, new pers perspectives, new, new everything. And that's true for me. Um, and yeah, it's, I feel like it's just been a wild ride of a lot of just personal transformation, a lot of work, you know, self-development, um, just, a lot of getting to the root of things and and really trying to you know find my true voice and trying my find my my true confidence and and my belief in myself for for what i'm doing in my life now and 2023 is definitely the year where a lot of those seeds that i've been planting over the years and a lot of the relationships i've tried to cultivate um are starting to kind of blossom now and kind of come to fruition and and I, i'm feeling so much of like you know i'm like well i just want to see it and i want to see the fruits of my labors but i i feel like patience and trust is so important right now um mm -hmm. and so that, yeah that that's where i'm at right now did that time period of 2020 kind of accelerate what you're doing now do you feel because of you know we were obviously all isolated in the beginning there was not a whole lot that we could do did that accelerate at all what you're doing now do you feel uh yeah absolutely intrinsically but i i, I feel like i can't really quite put my finger on how i just know in so many ways you know my life shifted but it's funny because um you know i was i had when i left wwe i started um a clothing brand and i had that for seven mm -hmm. years and then in 2021, or yeah, in 2021, um, my husband and I started Project This Is Me, and I was stepping away from my clothing business, and I, I just, I didn't feel in purpose, I didn't feel fulfilled, um, and I was just going through a lot and trying to figure out a lot of things, and so um, we, you know, we look at it as kind of like we, we built this vessel for our own healing, our own transformation, our own, really, our own work, and uh, in order to be able to do what we do, so yes. Um, but it's funny, like it didn't change our lifestyle or anything because we were both working from home. My husband has been a, like a, a coach, a mentor um, in a lot of capacities for the past like eight or 10 years. And I was running my business from from our home too. And I had a warehouse downtown. But so when COVID hit and things, you know, a lot of people were working from home and stuff, we weren't really affected. We were working from home anyways, but we started to to change a lot of the ways that we were going about what we were doing. We started learning a lot more about biohacking and learning how to um just you know get more present in into our bodies and and just learning different ways to um you know heal ourselves be more productive to to um have a better um you know mental attitude um just working ourselves from the inside out essentially uh so it didn't it didn't affect our schedule but it really did affect everything that we were doing because we we're like let's let's change it up let's let's you know let's start to do things different um, and, and through every step of our own process and our own growth and our own transformation, we were, you know, bringing our clients and our people along with us on the ride. 
Um, and, and something really beautiful that I've noticed when you're in the work of self-development, um, guiding people or coaching people, you attract clients that are going through the same things as you. So right. when you're, when you're doing the work, when you're really putting in the work, you know, we have a coach and mentor that we work with, um, and you know, she's helped us break through so many things, you know, and we, and we work with each other too. And, um, but when you, when you're actually doing the work and you're focusing on, you know, the things that are coming up in your life that need resolution or healing or, or work or attention, um, when you start doing that work, you start to really be able to help your clients and really to, to attract clients that are needing exactly what you're doing in your own, you know, your own medicine and, and the ways that you're going about healing your life. Um, but you know, it was really challenging for me, um, believing in myself, really switching careers from what I was doing for seven years and, you know, entrepreneurship and, and I'm still an entrepreneur, but you know, with a physical product, like clothing, I was designing all the pieces myself and going through the pr production and the, and the shipping and it just, it was, it was so much, but I, I learned an incredible amount. Um, but, but you know, I had, a, I struggled a lot in terms of believing in myself that I could really help people on a deep level. And, and in that capacity, especially with not having like, you know, a degree, um, and a lot of people, uh, look at what we do as, oh, is it like therapy? Is it like this? Is it like this? Um, and cause we you know as human beings, the, the way the mind works, we're always trying to be able to have something make more sense to us. And so um, it's taken quite a bit of time and really learning our craft to be able to share more openly and candidly what we do. Um, and it's so much about the energetics uh, and the embodiment of the way you choose to live your life and just being able to see different perspectives rather than being stuck in um, the same thought loops, the same patterns, the same reoccurring um, problems mm -hmm. in your life. I think the great thing about what you're doing is Although you're a coach, you're already finding out things about yourself in that process along with the people that you're coaching rather than like, you know, the traditional coach where they kind of have all the answers already and like they're more so teaching it to people. You're finding this information about yourself with your clients at the same time. So it makes the yes. ride all the more fulfilling and interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's cool because it, the the a lot of the the pride that I take and the the love that I have for what we do, what I do um is the commitment to the mastery of of yourself. And um you know, there's so many different things to say about self-development, but um and there's so many different like hypotheses and like scientific methods and so many different things, but really when you study yourself, you're studying the true subject. You're studying the true um, the true knowledge, you know, so the deeper that you go within yourself, the more that you can help others. Um, and really when you, the way that we explain, um, explain to a lot of people is like all the things that we've experienced and, and found, uh, methods and practices and, and different ways of looking at things that have helped us, has helped us create ease in our life and like, and create the lifestyle that we want and the lifestyle that we love, which is actually what we do for people. So we don't have people you know, come to us and, and say, here's how you make your life exactly like ours. We say, hey, like, what is it within you that is, um, that makes you feel alive? What is it within you that makes you feel inspired? Um, and we help people really bring that to the surface. And then we teach people tools to be able to um, combat um, triggers and cycles and um, elevated states where you can't actually access your true genius, where you can't actually access your true thoughts, your, your heart, your, your true voice. Um, and it, so the more that we become embodied, the more that we practice what we teach, um, the more, you know, of an expert that we become essentially in living the life that you want to live. Um, and so it's, it's, it's very, very fulfilling. And, um, the more that we, um, commit to ourselves, the more that we commit to our clients and then just the more, I guess, you know, love there is out there in the world and joy really. Cause when you, something that I found so profound is that. The more time I spend doing things that I love that really inspire me and bring me joy, the more time I, I can actually stay in the states, the, the states that feel good, like in joy and in, in happiness in appreciation and gratitude, um, because my body has started to learn that it's okay to feel those things for a long period of time, rather than, you know, feeling something really exciting and really joyful for a little bit and then having all those thoughts come in, you know, mm -hmm. maybe negative intrusive thoughts that take you out of a, feel, a good feeling state. And then you get stuck in kind of the heavier, the heavier frequencies, the heavier energies that don't allow you to um, 
say what you want to say. They don't allow you to connect with people really authentically. They don't allow you to be the magic that you are in the world. Mm -hmm. Did you always have it like in your line of view when you were growing up that like one day I want to be helping other people? Or did that just organically happen with your own life experiences to where you wanted to take that step? That's an amazing question. That's a such, that's a really cool question. I think that when I was younger, I always thought, I always had this idea of myself that I'm like, I'm going to do something really epic with my life. And I didn't really know what that was. It was just more of like, I, I just had this feeling. Um, but as, and as far as like knowing that I was going to help people, I think that we all have that desire within us, like that it feels good when you help someone. It feels good when you can share something within you um, that can help the quality of someone's experience and just help the quality of someone's life. Or even if it's just for like that day, helping them mm -hmm. feel more hope or just more, you know, more happiness. Um, but I didn't recognize this in myself until, you know, quite recently over the past couple of years when I look back in retrospect. But I really have always had a gift and um, a love for connecting with people helping people feel seen um you know really connecting with people that maybe that don't allow themselves to be feel uh, to feel seen or be seen by a lot of people or they don't necessarily feel safe in general to um, be themselves and i think one of my special gifts is that i've always I've, i felt like that i've known how that i've always known how that feels and i think that's kind of funny for to say that sitting here in the seat, you know, like I speak publicly all the time. I've been on TV. I've done all this stuff in, in front of huge crowds of people. Um, but in, in my own experience and in, in the way that I have gone to the world, I have felt very unseen and very unacknowledged and unrecognized for the, the things within me that I truly value that I've never really known how to get out to the world. And so in moments where I'm able to see that struggle or that pain in another person, it has helped me like connect to them in the moment and help them feel seen because that's all I've ever wanted in my life. And so I think that being able to, you know, doing what we do now, being able to really harness that gift of really being able to see someone and meet them where they're at and, you know, really like look them in the eyes and be like, yo, you're dope. Like I see you, I feel you, I get it. I understand what it, what it feels like to feel trapped or feel unseen or, or, or just not know how to feel safe to be seen for who you are. And, and so I think that's like a magnificent question because I, I've never really broken it down like that, but, um, that, that truly is how I feel and how I've always felt, um, about myself about, and I, I struggled for a long time to say, like, I'm really good at this, or this is a, my best quality, but I can say, you know, with so much confidence now that one of my absolute best qualities is, and I think is part of my gift is, is to be able just to meet someone with that and, and say, you know, have that, like like intimate conversation and intimate connection and be able to create that space with somebody. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is important too also, because I think when, you know, normal people are just watching people they see on TV, they often assume like they have like this coat of armor, right? Where nothing can affect you. But we've taken like such a step in society now to where more people that are on TV are using their platforms and their voice, such as yourself to kind of talk about real experiences and real emotions so yeah that's it's so funny like and and it's at first i started realizing this a lot um in with other wrestlers you know with um you know my idea before i before i even got the opportunity to you know go and be a part of the wwe you know just like anybody would i had these ideas of what it was going to be like and just you know from the outside looking and, and be like this is what it's going to be like and then getting there and experiencing like you know all the self-doubt and all the struggles that i had and then also being able to see that you know in the locker room and that behind stage like just how and you know everybody that is on television you know wrestling in the ring they're also a human being and they have deep insecurities and they have deep fears and 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 so being able to be around that and see first of all, so many people like overcome that in so many ways daily, you know, going out and stepping out in front of the ring um, or in the ring in front of the crowd. But just to know what truly goes on and what, what truly transpires backstage, like how nervous you get and just like judging, you know, am I good enough? Am I going to be able to put on an, a, a good enough show? Am I, you know, am I going to, 
be able to have the title one day, just, you know, all those thoughts that, that, that run through your head. I know for a long time, I could never watch my own matches back. Like I, I just, you know, I would judge myself so much. And, you know, when I, the way that I started wrestling, I, the first couple of matches I ever had were on live TV, you know, on, on NXT when that was still an, an elimination show. So I just, I had so many insecurities about my ability and like, you know, am I good enough to be here? And do I, you know, am I good enough to, speak my true voice and all those things and um you know i had so many insecurities when i was wrestling so so many but it and you know i, I like i wrestled in the staples center in front of five thousand people wrestled uh wrestled in you know madison square garden i've, I've done pay-per-views and it's you know it's thousands of people and millions at home watching but it's different it, it was just different to me um then but I, I was always kind of in like um a fear mode i was always like so afraid of messing up and there were there were certainly moments where i was you know, in the ring where I was very in the moment. And those were some of my best matches and best segments. But a lot of the time I spent so much time in my head, just overthinking everything, worrying about the next spot, worrying about getting injured, worrying about looking okay. You know, how, how, how do I look on TV? And I, you know, I struggled with my weight. And so I spent so much time in my head, that. (laughs) but it is, so it's anytime that I can share that with somebody who maybe knows me from wrestling or knows me from, you know, another, a different aspect, I love sharing that because I feel like it gives such perspective and it's so real it, it, because, you know, we all create characters about somebody that we don't necessarily know their life, but we can recognize some, a quality that we love about them. And, you know, and especially when I have like younger women come up to me and they maybe watched me 10 years ago when they were like 14 and now mm-hmm. they're in their twenties and they can share like, you know, some of the, th- the lessons and the things that, they gained from you know watching the divas in my era it makes me feel so proud and so fulfilled and then on top of that being able to say here just so you know like i was struggling with all the things that you're struggling with right now and it's so normal and here's actually some ways to get around it or or some ways to make it not as hard in moments Mm -hmm. yeah and i've also heard you talk in other interviews kind of about the tail end of your wwe run weighing on you emotionally would you say that that was the genesis for kind of the path that you're on now and maybe what about that last tail end of your run dawned upon you great that, like, word. I'm, that i'm going through some uh some real stuff here great word genesis i love that word um <laughs> i know yeah, yeah i think it <laughs> so good but yeah i think it was certainly um i can look back now and be like yeah that was a huge part but when i was going through that you know i, I got signed when i was 23 and i i was just like anybody else, you know, I had certain experiences that shaped me and certain things that were really traumatic growing up and that, you know, really had an effect on me. And I had never really like understood any of those things, processed any of those things. I was still really young. And then getting the opportunity to do something as amazing as getting to wrestle for WWE, especially in the way that I got signed and debuted and stuff. Um, you know, it was essentially, I feel like I kind of really didn't have time to think about anything. I was just like, okay, you know, like, you know, I have nothing to lose. This is this is what I signed up for. Um, and, but as I was, it was it's, it was a very difficult life um, to just to be on the road so much. And then I was just in my head so much, and I didn't really have a lot of um, relational skills as far as relating to the other women in the locker room. So I struggled there. And um, you know, there were some some women that I really connected with. But it was when I really got I really got my feet wet and I had, um, that title run with Eve and, you know, she took me under her wing and she taught me so much. And we had just such an amazing time together to getting the title. And then my whole storyline with AJ and, and then, you know, us building up to all the cool, amazing segments we did. And then having that really amazing review where he won the title from me. And then it was like a, a really cool stint of time. It was the hardest, it was the hardest time of my life up until then, because I I was getting all these opportunities, but I was feeling so down on myself. I had started to, um, I, at that point, I was on the road for a couple of years already, and I had started to like not really understand um, the right way to take care of my body as far as like what's overdoing it. Like I, there was a, I think there was a time in NXT when NXT was kind of becoming like a regular episodic show, and it was coming out of like the the um, seasons where it was the elimination show yeah Yeah, it was like in this weird stage um i had gone on this crazy bodybuilding diet i used to do i used to do fitness and stuff before fitness competitions before i started wrestling but so i i 
had this idea, you know, like if I'm in better shape, I'll get more TV time. I'll get, I'll get, um, you know, storylines and I'll be more relevant and and prevalent. And, um, so I like, I was like 20 pounds. I got like super ripped. I did this like really like a low calorie deficit, um, bodybuilding diet and was just putting, I was just, it was so much output. I was doing like crazy amounts of cardio and I was traveling. Um, and just like, you know, I felt like I had so much cortisol and stress in my body all the time that my body really started to not respond to what I was doing. So I started gaining a lot of weight. My, I felt like my hormones were really off um, and I was really depressed. So it was physically, emotionally, you know, spiritually, mentally, I was, I felt very um, confused. I felt very, um, I felt like in a lot of pain and I just, I, I had no clarity for my life. Um, and, and when I started to visibly gain weight, I really let it get to me and, um, I just felt so worthless. And so I was kind of like creating more of that, those feelings for myself, not really knowing that I was doing, I was just like in such a heavy emotional state that I really couldn't see above the cloud. You know, it was like this dark cloud. Um, and, and I remember, so I debuted on an NXT season three in Baltimore. It was like the first time I debuted on television was Baltimore. And then it was four years later in January. Um, it was uh, like six months after I'd lost the title to AJ and our, our storyline kind of had dwindled and um, Total Divas had started. Um, mm-hmm. And I wasn't a part of that. And so I just felt kind of just like so worthless. And I was like, I don't feel like I fit anywhere. I'm probably going to get fired. And so um, the... Uh, the, the WWE office had hired somebody new that was like overseeing travel and talent and uh, leading up, up until this date that I'm talking about, um, we would get our travel every week. So I would get my ticket, I would get my, my travel and I'm like, okay, my plane leaves and I was living at Tampa at the time. My plane leaves Tampa at this time, I'm going to this city and then, you know, I'd figure out my travel. Uh, so I was still going to TVs, I wasn't booked a lot. And then all of a sudden, one week, I didn't get my travel. And so I reached out to the writer's one of the writers and he was like, let me see, let me figure it out. And he came back and he's like, you know, they're trying to not bring talent that's not booked. And before everybody went to TV and if you, if you needed you, if they needed you, you were there, boom, you're on TV. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like the beginning of the end. I'm probably gonna get fired. And I was like really panicking about it. And they ended up actually bringing me out to TV anyways. Cause I was just like, what is happening? You know? And I wanted to be able to talk to them in person. And so I was in South Florida at the time. I had, um, I had a, uh, I lived in Tampa for a long time. And then like the last year that I was with the company, they let me move back home to Houston, but I was going between Houston and, um, for, uh, for, or Boca. Cause, um, I, I had gotten engaged at that time to my ex-husband. And so I was like kind of going back for there. And so I, I was flying, they booked me a ticket the day of raw. It was in Baltimore from, um, Boca and it took me, it was like, a, it was in January. So Baltimore was having like a snowstorm and it, it was like the worst travel ever. Like I had, I got, I went from, um, Fort Lauderdale airport to some connecting somewhere. The, the, um, we were stuck on the runway for like four hours. The plane was frozen. Finally get to, um, to Baltimore. It was just like so many issues. Every road bump you could have with a travel day I had. And I got there and I was like so defeated. I was already feeling really down on myself. And I wasn't booked at all. There was like nothing. And then, there, you know, the show was already written and we were, and but by the time I got there, it was really close to um, the show starting. And I, I just was like, oh my gosh. And I looked around and I was like, oh my God, this is Baltimore. This is where I debuted. And I was like, it's a sign. You know, this is a sign. This is it for me. And I was just, I think I, I was, I was running. I, I just had so much fear that I was going to get let go and I was going to be really embarrassed. And, and I just was so being so hard on myself that I, you know, I went into talent relations, talked to Mark Carano and I was like, I think I'm going to ask, I know I want to ask for my release. And, 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 you know, they just told me to sleep on it. And then I came back the next day. I think TV was in Philly and my stomach was in such a knot. Like I was, I felt so sick to my stomach. I was like, I just didn't know if I was making the right decision. I didn't know what I was going to do the rest of my life, but I was just like, I wanted to like give myself the ability to leave on my own terms. Um, and, and yeah. And, and when I, when I left, um, <clears throat> I already had some ideas. I was of wanting to start my clothing business, but, um, I was just running. I was really just running from all of these problems that were just kind of chasing me that I didn't realize that they were just within me. And I was just bringing them with me through everything I was trying to do. And I, I was just running from looking at the problems and looking at, at that. 
So, you know, it was another five years um, before I even, maybe it was, no, it was maybe another like three years before I really realized that I needed to look at my life and look at my problems because I was creating the same problems, the same, you know, really bad relationships. I was creating just the same issues over and over, the same painful things in my life. And I realized that like I was the source of them. I was the problem. And then I started to really kind of awaken to myself or um, I was like struggling with so I, I had a really bad divorce and then I was I struggled really bad with um, alcohol and drugs. Um, and that was really the lowest point. That was five years ago, that was in 2018. And that to me was the indication that I was just like, I need to stop running. I need to stop trying to disassociate. I need to stop escaping my problems and just deal with them. I just didn't feel like I knew how and I didn't feel like I had the tools or that I was capable to do that. Right. And you don't really get time to think about how you might handle those situations because someone in your shoes, let's just say, right, because that schedule is so like rigorous to where you're feeling these emotions. But all you know is, OK, I've got to be at this hotel at this time, have to hit the gym while I'm there. And then I'm just going straight to the event and it's rinse and repeat, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And there, were, like, don't get me wrong, though. There's. I, I did so many amazing things. I saw so many unbelievable cities. So, you know, so many countries traveled the world, um, did so many awesome things on television, met so many amazing people. Uh, but I felt like I truly couldn't enjoy all of it for what it was because I was in that mode. I was just like surviving, you know, just get to this, be, be enough for this. Like, let me just get through this. And I was really beating my body up a lot. Like not just not really knowing how to take care of it with, you know, diet and care for myself, but I also was not really, um, allowing my body to recover from like certain things that happened in the ring or just injuries or just, um, stuff that like I had a rib that was out for like five months. And wow. it was like so painful, but I didn't, I never got it checked out because I was just like, I don't know, my body just hurts. I'm, you know, slamming my body down on this mat week after week. And I had really just disassociated from so much pain and so many problems I was having. Um, and so, yeah, that's all that pain really started to come to the surface and, and be so activated in that time after my divorce. And then I was like drinking a lot because I was really trying to numb all the things that I was feeling. And it was just like, you know, really ready for me to start addressing and start looking at. Um, and, and so in terms of your question, but that I think the what happened at the end of my career, how things fell for me was absolutely the first part of realizing like, hey, you know, I need to change, but I couldn't really, I, I wasn't able to really like harness that and grasp that until a few years later in, in 2018 when I was like, man, something's got to change. Mm -hmm. Like when you hear somebody say the words WWE to you or bring up moments of WWE, do you get triggered from it? Or are you able to kind of separate the entities of like, okay, I did something cool and positive during my time there versus, you know, thoughts and ideas of things that were occurring in your personal life with your emotions happening during that time? Yeah. Like are you able to differentiate the two? That's an amazing question. I think I, I, I always I always appreciated anybody that would come up and be like, oh, I recognize you from wrestling. I recognize you from WWE. I mean, I, you know, there's always, I, I love the world of wrestling and how loyal and loving the fans are. I mean, sometimes fans can be really mean, but, you know, for the most part, I, I feel like it's such a, there's people are so, um, fans that I've had, I've, I've had fans for 10 years, you know, that and I haven't wrestled in so long. So I, I really love and value and appreciate that culture of, of wrestling fans and, and just with the art of it and, and, and how connected they are to it. Um, so anytime I would get anybody that would recognize me or would come up to me and share like, oh, I was a, I was a fan from the start of NXT all the way through your title run or whatever, I would always be like super grateful, but I never really allowed myself to fully receive the compliment because like you're saying, like I always had those thoughts about myself. I, I had thoughts about like, man, I never really amounted to what I what I knew that I could do. I never... I never, you know, left the legacy that I wanted to leave or all these things. I would, my mind would focus on the negatives and my mind would focus on the times that I was like really embarrassed on TV because I messed up and I didn't know how to wrestle, you know, or at times I felt embarrassed on TV, um, you know, especially during NXT. I just had no idea what anything was. Um, but, but, you know, I've always really appreciated um, people being able to recognize me. And then my husband, he would always like notice these interactions and he'd be like, He's, he's, he'd be like, that's so cool. Like that man or that woman came up to you and said that to you. He's like, do you realize like how many lives that you've touched through 
like what you've done and I wouldn't be able to like take the compliment. I wouldn't be able to truly feel it. And then he would, he would say things like, you know, I know that you wished your career would have maybe been a little bit different or you're hard on it. You're so hard on yourself, but he's like, you are the person that did all those things. Cause I would always give the credit to like, I would always be like, always oh, in the right place at the right time. I just happened to get so lucky, you know, and which is true. I had so many fortunate, amazing circumstances that helped me get to the next level of my career in, in terms of wrestling. Um, and just even how I started my career, but um but and so i always gave the credit away to that and slowly i started to realize like man i am the person i am the person that chose to take on these really intimidating things these really like courageous things and i started to be able to recognize recognize myself more and more for um what i chose to do and how i endured it even though it was such a struggle for me and and it it really allowed me to let go of a lot of like the negative thoughts i had about myself when when i was wrestling and it it, it does it allows me to acknowledge how much of um an impact i had in certain people's lives um more so younger women and i have it reflected to me a lot now when i do certain um wrestling signings or i just run into somebody like i've gotten to have a couple matches you know after leaving wwe with women who looked up to me uh, watched me on tv and they were like i want to wrestle and I, it's, it's happened like three or four times where I've come into contact, whether I'm at a signing and they're like right next to me with the same promoter and they're like a young up and coming wrestler or something. And they're like, I used to watch you in, you know, 20, whatever year, um, uh, you know, 2013 when you had the title and stuff. And I'm like, and, and they're like this impressive wrestler now. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so insane to think about um like the impact on on certain people and and that in those moments it truly allows me to like open more to um what an amazing part of my life that was and i always say though you know i know we're talking about a lot of the negative things um and the negative thoughts i had about myself during that time but um i always say to everybody anytime that, that i get the opportunity to talk about wrestling with somebody in in, in a deep way i i always talk about that I, my love for wrestling and my love for the the way that it shaped and refined me in that part of my life and all the things that it taught me and it really did show me who I was like there were so many times that I would like you know my brother and I are really tight that I would like text my brother and I'd be like I don't fucking get it I want to quit like I you know and and just not understanding how to step into myself not stepping not understanding how to like have more confidence in myself and I, I remember there were so many times that I wanted to quit but I uh, you know and I eventually did I eventually left but um there are so many cool things that i did and there's so many things that i am proud of especially now looking back and i'm like man that was so cool you know like just certain matches like you know certain pay-per-views and and just decisions that i made in the ring or decisions that i made with someone in the ring that were like make or break decisions really under pressure where we nailed it you know just like so many cool moments and getting like certain segments on raw or certain segments on pay-per-views and stuff that were just huge accomplishments that I could never really recognize in the moment. And now I'm like, man, it was so cool. It was so cool that I got to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I want to take you back a little bit. Cause you did mention about being a bodybuilder prior to joining the WWE. Where was like your head at in terms of where you wanted to be? Like you were obviously bodybuilding, but was that with the specific intent to get noticed by WWE or how did that process go? No, the, um, you have really, you're a great podcast host. You have great questions. Um, <laughs> um, no. So I just, I, I, I started training, uh, weight training when I was like 14. I, I just, I really want, I loved, um, the way muscular women, I just like loved muscles. I felt like that. And I felt like it was kind of my identity to be like the strong muscular chick, you know? And, um, I found so much, strength in that and so much like kind of belonging in weight training i had um a track coach in high school who she used to do fitness competitions and i would look at the first time i ever saw any woman in per in person and this is over 20 years ago you know this is before instagram this is before uh this you know everybody was into fitness or fitness competitions and so i had never really seen a woman that looked like her you know my mom was always in incredible shape she's always an athlete um and i and i got great genetics from my parents but i'd never seen anyone that looked like her and i was like <laughs> you know and and i was like so infatuated infatuated with with her commitment to her body and um i was going through just struggles at home and so she really like took me under her wing and started teaching me a lot of fundamentals of weight training and she would even 
um, training after school at like a, a gold's gym. And she, she, she was someone who was like, just had a huge impact in my life. And then when I started, you know, getting more comfortable with that, I, I would do the football camps every year in high school with all the guys, I was like the only girl. And I, and it was like an hour away training hours, uh, like running like and doing some drills and stuff. Like, like that? Like actual football? Like no, I wouldn't do the equipment, but it, it was like the summer. It was like the summer training session before the season. Okay. So they would have all okay. the guys start coming out like in July. And it was like a six-week camp or whatever just to kind of get your conditioning and stuff. So I started doing that. And I was just really into it. And then so when I graduated high school, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I wanted to do something. I was, you know, something like kinesiology or you know, physical therapy or something physical with the body. And um and then I just was kind of going into community college, not really having much direction. Um, and then I, I got, when I was, I think it was like my first year out of high school, I found um, like a local fitness competition. And I just started looking online at all these different physiques. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And so I, I did my very first figure competition, like right when I turned 19. And I had a lot of success. And I, I like won my class and I did this, I did some bigger competitions and um, I loved it, but I was still searching. I was just searching for a purpose. I was searching for a feeling of, of you know, finding my thing, finding us. I was searching for a feeling essentially, you know, and, and, and so I was, I had done a couple of competitions for a few years and then I started to have a kind of I kind of started to struggle with like some disordered eating and some um just not really understanding nutrition that well or not really understanding my body that much and um I started to have too much muscle for like figure competition so I was advised to you should do women's bodybuilding and I was like okay you know it wasn't really anything I I, I don't think I really was like oh, I can't wait to do women's bodybuilding. I just didn't know where I fit. You know, I was like, okay, I'll, let me train for this. And then during that time when I was starting to train for my first bodybuilding show, um, and I was also like a natural athlete. I wasn't interested in any like drugs, you know, steroids yeah. or, or anything like that. So I was, um, I was just like, well, I don't know, let me try it. And then I had that opportunity to try out for WWE. So it just went from that from this pursuit in fitness to then having this like bigger opportunity with wrestling. And I felt like wrestling was like fitness competitions, but way more dynamic and way, way more amazing because, you know, with fitness, I would still get on stage after, you know, X amount of months of really hard work and, you know, present my physique and all that. But I've, it just never was super fulfilling for me. And, and I don't think it ever would have been if I won every single show I ever did, because I was looking for a certain feeling that that couldn't give me. Mm -hmm. And so I felt that wrestling was so much more up my alley. It was like, just so much more, you know, I could use my voice, I could use my athleticism, I could, you know, I was like, now this is something I feel like I could really do. And, but still with wrestling, it still turned into like, I was looking to, uh, I was looking to achieve something I was looking to achieve status and hoping that it, or you know climb my way up get the title be, you know become women's champion get on tv do all these things um and that i was hoping that that would give me that feeling that i was searching for um so it just went from essentially it just kind of went from fitness to wrestling i was just trying to fill this void i really just wanted to have this um this you know what Feeling it comes down to is love yeah. yeah and and at the deepest level was love for myself you know, mm -hmm. but I was looking to fill that through accomplishments and achievements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember during that time period of which you were in that era where it was kind of taking a little bit of a shift into the more reality type genre, I would feel like that era, like the divas era. And I remember you and AJ really broke that mold of like, because I think at the time period, a lot of the matches were shorter and there wasn't like a ton of meticulous storytelling. But what you and AJ were able to do during that time period, I remember just loving it so much. Like the acting job that both of you did was phenomenal. Like you had like tears coming down your face during several segments. Like it was so good. Is that thank you. what you would consider the proudest moment of your career? Yeah, I thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, so it, it was it was a really interesting time. It was a really interesting time. Like, I remember when AJ got and I, I ended up winning NXT. So I was up on the road, but just not really doing much for a while. And then AJ was up there, Naomi came up, Oksana came up, you know, all the girls that were in NXT with me started to come up. And it was cool. Um, and what we were noticing is that 
the locker room wasn't the greatest, you know, it just wasn't. And we, we had certain, certain veterans, you know, like Beth, who was always incredible. Eve, always incredible. Natty, she, she's been, she's been wonderful. Um, but we decided, you know, we never really talked about it. Maybe a few times we did between each other, but we decided that we really wanted to create a different culture in the locker room. And we did that. We did that. And, and because we saw that there were so many talented women down in developmental that we had the opportunity to work with and in certain capacities that we're going to be coming up on the road. So we decided to like really empower them um, because it was this shift in perspective where we all kind of saw that when one of us does great, it's a capacity for all of us to do great. Instead of if one of us does great, nobody can do great, which was kind of the attitude that that was there when when we started to come up on the road from, from developmental. And so, um, during that time, we were starting to take more risks, get more um, push for better storylines, like taking the liberty to like write all our write our own pitch things and and just take risks. And we had certain writers that were really key in that, and just we had certain people, the right people that kind of believed in us, and we started to believe in ourselves um, that we, you know, we can really get more TV time. We can become more relevant. We can like actually display the the talent that we do have. And, um, you know, AJ, she, she taught me so much. I remember when I first found out that I was going to get that I was going to debut on NXT season three, I found out like three days beforehand. Cause, um, you know, down at FCW when it, when, before it was a performance center, it was for a championship wrestling down in Tampa. Um, there was only eight girls when I arrived. And so six of the girls were already, or five of them were already going to be, I think there were seven of us. It was me and one other girl, and then the five girls that were going to be on NXT. And then they brought in Lindsay Hayward, who was a really tall, six foot eight girl. She was going to be the draw for the season. And then, like four days before the show debuted, she they let her go. There was like just a disagreement with some of the content she had out on the internet. It didn't vibe with like what WWE mm-hmm. was trying to do with her PG stuff. And so they were like, "You," <laughs> they pulled me up to go on the show. Um, and so. Yeah. Um, I forgot what was going with this, but so, so, um, I don't even remember why I started saying that, but essentially like the, the way that, um, I think I was talking about the, maybe the way that I debuted versus yeah, how, you were. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so essentially just the, the whole idea of it is like, we, we really saw this opportunity to start, to start doing more more cool stuff oh that's what i was going to say with aj when i found out that i was going to be going on the road with him her and i had already made a friendship over like you know the first couple days i was there we really bonded um and i called her and i was like so upset i was crying it wasn't like i wasn't upset in a bad way i was just like so nervous and so anxious and like not really thinking i was like i don't know if i can do this and she was so amazing from day one you know she was like congrats like you got this you know and she we we helped each other through so many difficult moments we traveled together for a long time um she taught me so much and and our friendship the friendship we cultivated throughout the entire thing was really what pulled us through in those moments where we we're like oh my gosh this is a big deal can we do this like there's a lot riding on this moment um, and so I, I think the chemistry and the trust that we had cultivated over a, our friendship, um, had so much to do with that. There was so much trust involved and, and, and just ego out the door, you know, leaving your ego at the door and saying, okay, how can we show the best possible version of each other, you know, to the world. And we commit, we committed to that in the best that would, in the best way that we could while navigating all the external things you know like the the time implications the you can do this but you can't do this don't do this move don't do this move you know there's certain things that and the risks that we took in certain moments where we're like well i don't know if we should do this but we did it so yeah it was a a lot of those moments that really defined my career as far as like what it what it means to me and and um looking back at like how far we came and um it was a really strange time because they had you know when total divas launched everyone was excited because it was like this, this extra ability to look at, um, to look at women's wrestling from, from a non wrestlers perspective, you know, from, from a, you know, a regular outside, maybe people that don't know about professional wrestling, they can now watch this show and have an insight into what the life is like, what it really is. And when it first debuted, Vince told us, you know, this is a totally separate thing. It's not going to affect any storylines. And then it started affecting all the storylines. And, um, 
it was really interesting um and and it, it was very hard to understand for all of us because because we were like well on social media we know we're our character you know we all had our our tv names as our social media handles and stuff so it, it was kind of hard to understand how to show up and then when when the reality aspect started coming in it was like another layer and then they started having people be more themselves on social media and it was like some people were and some people weren't so it was it was just like a super weird time a super transitional time um but looking from that point to now i love where it's at now i love being able to like you know becky lynch or whoever i love being able to see them on tv and then the way that they portray themselves with through such an art on social media like it's so real but it's also essence of their character too and so i think that that has is such an art that has been developed over time and it, it really is so different when you look at it now to that that time period it's so crazy it's so different yeah, we've seen it kind of take shape like progressively over time. And I was kind of like seeing the art on screen between you and AJ. You could kind of really see like your real life relationship with each other and how much um, chemistry you guys had on screen kind of shine through. And I kind of almost feel like your guys' real life relationship behind the scenes kind of helped elevate the on-screen product in which we got the whole secret admirer storyline. Like you guys were so like comfortable with each other to like yeah. that moment. Did you, did one of you two yeah. pitch that? Did one of you two pitch that storyline or was that kind of presented to you with the whole secret admirer? I don't, I actually don't remember that. Um, I don't remember if that was one of our ideas because it was like the whole storyline, the whole thing was laced with all these like silly little ideas that we would try and we would try to get, you know, believe in the segment or, get added to the segment but we did it's it's cool to know that like that was um that that transpired through what we were doing um because we did we 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 had so much fun and then we started to have um you know i have like a really close friendship with etor biggie um mm -hmm. and so he you know he was in that um you know he was he was involved in that whole thing and so it was like a really cool time because so i think we AJ, myself, and E, we were all kind of just going through our own thing, our, 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 our own internal personal struggles, but like we were, we were, we had like such a dope thing together. And, and so it was fun. It was like where we were deciding to take creative risks by, you know, pitching certain ideas, pitching things. And then also those, those, um, things that felt like risks were actually more fun on on screen or especially when it was something live because you really have real time you really had to have each other's back in that moment and you just can't do that unless you have a solidified foundation of trust you know like no matter what i got you um and that's crazy to me that it doesn't exist more because it, it's so insane to me and this happened to me a couple times but there are just certain women that i just didn't have chemistry with which is fine but it's when you don't have trust with somebody, it's so difficult to trust them in the ring with your body. You know, it's like mm -hmm. your job is to take care of them and their job is to take care of you. And then that that's the first job. And then the second job is to tell a story and entertain. And when you don't have that trust or that um, connection with somebody or you're unwilling to open to that type of relationship, even if it's just in the ring, even if it's a strictly professional and you're not best friends, you know, that's fine. That's most people. Um, but it always really blew my mind that there was such a lack of trust um, between certain individuals. And I think that most of that came from a scarcity mindset of being afraid that if you were going to open up and trust that this person is going to take care of you, make sure you shine, and then that you're going to take care of this person and make sure they shine, like it's vulnerable. And most of us were so worried about losing our spots or like getting fired or not being pre prevalent or not being booked on the next show. So it really creates this like, you know individual mindset where you're just watching out for yourself we're just trying to get all your shit in. we're just trying to make sure you look good because you're afraid that if you don't you'll get you know you might get released and or you know no one's going to care about you um when in reality when you show up willing to 
put the other person over, willing to make the other person look good. Like you understand that all of that works together in cultivating an overall, um, an overall culture, like in, in wrestling, in, in the, the quality of the promos, in the, in the quality of the television. Um, but it's, it is just hard to make that investment and that commitment before you see it. You know, it's hard mm -hmm. to trust that. And so I understand that. And I recognize that because that was me too, a aside from a few people, I wasn't necessarily like, oh, I got to watch my back, but I was in fear and scarcity mindset a, lo a lot of the time. So I think that I could have probably had, you know, a lot of um, my, the quality of my matches may have been so different if I had the ability to just like trust more, but I, like, I just wasn't at that point in my life yet. You know, now I can look back and be like, wow, that like such a huge lesson and transformation in the way that I look at the world. But then I wasn't able to see that. And I just look at, like, almost like we just missed the mark with getting, like, some of the current um, women with you and AJ in the ring. Like, it was, they just came up with, like, the women's revolution in 2015, I want to say. And then you and AJ had the your story going on in 2013. So we were this close to getting, like, you guys as a part of, like, the women's revolution. And I think about all the possible matchups that you and her could have had with some of the women that are currently doing it. Same. Yeah, have, there's... Do you have yeah, to think about there, I'm, I do. I, I'm, and, and I get that. I get that question a lot, actually. Like, you know, out of the roster now, all all of the talented women, like, you know, who would you have really wanted to work with? And um, I mean, all of them. They're all so good. They're all like such risk takers. They're all so courageous. They're all such like, you know, artists. And and I really respect it so much. And yeah, it's interesting that. But I, I think that all of. It, from you know the beginning of women's wrestling but really from like you know the lake cool time era to when we were there and then to the it was all it all was momentum you know it was just all momentum to be able to get to that that the, the, you know the really big women's evolution and and to start seeing some of the spectacular wrestling that was happening between the women. Um, but I think it all had to build together. It was all big, long process and none of it could have happened without any other, you know, small piece and any little hiccup in, in the process. But um, yeah, it, 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 it's funny like to think about, you know, um, getting to wrestle. It would have been so cool to get to wrestle, you know, Charlotte or, or Becky or, or Sasha. Um, because I, I have, you know, so much, um, respect for them and in their craft and what they do. Mm -hmm. Were you ever like against the whole idea of the WWE women's title being referenced as a divas title? Because I know a lot of women who, um, have been voiced and happy that they ultimately changed it to women's championship and got rid of the whole divas label. Was that something that you ever thought about or were you just kind of happy to be in the position you were? Um, I, I, I never resonated with the word diva. Like I, I just never, I felt like it never really represented me. Um, and I still don't, but I, I, so I think that changing it to the women's championship was such a great move. It was so cool. Such a cool move because I, I just think it just changed it. it. It put it into a, a more elevated category in my opinion. So, and it just, it just holds a different prestige to me. Um, and that's just how I looked at it. And, and mostly because I, I never really resonated with the term diva. Um, but again, but uh, to your question, I was also just really excited to who I'm like, I don't care what they're called. It was cool to be there and to be a diva at that time, you know, but I, I my preference would have been to have to be a women champion, but the prestige is the same to me for, you know, for what it means to me. But yeah, yeah, I think it sounds much cooler as a women's championship. Right, it was a, sort of like a double-edged sword. Like they can call me whatever they want as long as I'm like top dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember one of your storylines too when you were the champ that I was really excited for before they, you know, kind of cut it short. Was and if you're familiar with Cody Rhodes, he's obviously like very prominent in the world of wrestling right now. I remember they had this storyline with uh, you and him, and it was a funny one. It was like, or it was back when you had that whole gimmick with the mustaches, and then he had the mustache at the time. And I remember everybody loving where that storyline was going because you guys also had a lot of on-screen chemistry. Do you know like what that was supposed to lead to? Because my creative mind, 
I saw Dolph was with AJ at the time, and he had money in the bank, and I thought for sure we were going to get a you and AJ, Dolph, and Cody, kind of because they were coming up at the time. I thought that was going to be a thing, like a mixed tag type of thing. Yeah, I think I think that may have been one of the ideas. Um, so it's so funny to think about like how things get started. But I, I remember just I didn't know what to when we first started NXT. Um, WWE all started all of us our first Twitter account, um, and so I just knew I had this social media. I was like on TV, and you know I'm going to start tweeting and learning in this. And so I didn't know what to put in the bio. And so I had, you know, mustache enthusiasts or, and it, and it just became this, it became this whole thing, um, this whole gimmick for a while. And, and so I, I, I thought it was like the best and I really loved working with Cody. He's like so charismatic. He's got a great attitude. He's a lot of fun. Um, and, and so it was really cool to have, have, have that kind of start getting created. Um, so I don't really know what the full idea was. I think, I think that there was a couple of different ideas and they were just seeing where it was going. Um, but, you know, I, I forget about certain storylines that kind of started and then never happened because there were so many of them, you know. But I think I think that's the nature of it. Like, someone will have a great idea, like whether it's a writer or a talent, and then it'll get approved in a production meeting, like, let's try it. And then maybe, and then it just transforms into something else. You know, that happens so many times and it was just kind of the name of the game. So, but I would have really loved to 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 have done a, a story with Cody. I, I do have a lot of respect for him, and of course his father. And I love Brandy, and um, that would have been really cool. Mm -hmm, for sure. Has there been any chatter in recent years about possible Royal Rumble appearances for you? Or I actually went to Royal Rumble last year, and I think it was in St. Louis, just to visit. Yeah. Um, or what did I go for? I went for something, um, but. Uh, I haven't really, besides the Mae Young, um, which I, I went back, I did the Mae Young Classic in 2018. It was the first time I did um, any kind of like actual wrestling besides, I had, I had gotten back into the ring about four or five months before that, um, just because I was like at a really lost point in my life. And I just, I got back in the ring to try to find some, some something, you know, some purpose, some, some something to kind of like push myself through a, a, a kind of a vehicle for transformation. And I, I was feeling a lot better about myself doing that and um it was r right after my divorce and i i was just really struggling to to find something that was gonna that felt good to do and um i had uh, do you know who canyon seaman is yeah um okay canyon so so he and i had become really tight you know he, he i don't think he's with the company anymore but he had um he had come on with wwe um the during the time that i was there and he had been brought on to help really develop like talent, the talent um, process, recruiting process, and like just the whole preparation process and, and all that. And I feel like he has had a he had a massive, massive hand in the performance center and everything that you know has has been built since then. Um, but he and I spent a lot of time together because he would talk to me a lot about the process of what it was like for me to come up from developmental onto television because I, I kind of fell between the cracks like you know I did on TV with just zero knowledge of wrestling and like no no experience in the ring and you know WWE is like a billion dollar company so it mm -hmm. would make sense to refine that process you know so make, making sure that maybe doesn't happen again or if it not not that I view my opportunity as bad but um so that people feel more confident in their abilities to to you know to perform on television as, as a performer as a talent and um so we spent a lot of time together talking about things and um me sharing my experience and 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 just he, he he's amazing and so he actually saw that i had been getting back in the ring because i was sharing some of it on social media and he was like he reached out and he was like hey put your name in the hat for may young do you want to do it and i was like yes and so um it was really cool to get to go back for that because i felt like it was like this different redemption it was like a different level it was like a, a redemption for me i felt like i had overcome a lot of things and I was, um, you know, choosing myself for a lot of things in my life for the first time ever. And, you know, I had just like gotten my tattoo that I had wanted for so long. And I was, I was like really start, starting to step into myself. And it, um, it was just really nice to go back. And, you know, um, I had two great matches. My second match, I got to wrestle Mia Yim, who oh, I yeah. had so much love and respect for. And I actually really appreciated being able to wrestle her. She's, she's such an artist in the ring. She's so talented. She's got such a great mentality, um, a great mind for for the psychology, and just like an, an amazing 
person. And I, I had never really gotten to meet her before other than she was, she would support and buy my clothing brand, my, my celestial bodies, the clothing brand I started when I left wrestling. And so I always really loved and appreciated her for, um, just supporting me. And I always just thought she was just a really unique and amazing wrestler. And so that we got to have a match and it was, it was an incredible match. She won. And when I rolled out of the ring, I remember feeling like, you know, if this is the last time I ever wrestled for WWE, I will be happy because I felt like I left it all out there. I felt so good about the match. I felt like I had redeemed myself. And then right after that moment, Triple H came out and signed her. So she got signed for that. And it was like this unbelievable moment. And then we had Renee Young, Beth Phoenix, and Michael Cole on commentary. And that was also a really cool moment because Beth, she took me under her wing in so many moments and, and really looked out for me and Renee, um, her and I had always connected and I really had a lot of like respect for her. And then Michael Cole, it was cool because, um, he was calling the match too. And I remember, um, having like not that great of a relationship with him because when all of us girls, all of us rookies were on NXT, he was the heel on, on the commentary table. And he was just like, would really berate us. And it was just like, you know, we would watch our our matches back or we'd watch NXT back and we'd be like, oh my God, like, I can't believe he said that. Like, it got to the point where it was like, we, we felt like, you know, um, just some of the things that they were saying and we, you know, it, it just felt, it didn't feel good. And so then to be able to like, go talk to, go sit in a room with them at the May Young years later and have this like dope conversation, it was really cool. And, um, and so I, I felt, um, I felt really, um, really great about that um as as kind of the last like hurrah with wwe as far as like getting in the ring um i don't actually remember the the nature of your question but it did lead us to that <laughs> it was about the royal rumble do you, do you think you oh, ever rumble, yeah. would, would you ever entertain it or think about it or do you think that chapter's closed Oh, okay. This is why I even started talking about the May Young. When when I did that, I was like, oh, I could, you know, I'm open to doing to doing some more things. But I was like, you know, with that match, it felt so good. I was like, if this is the last match I ever wrestle, I'll feel good about it because I didn't feel good about how I left. I felt like there was just like so many like open and ended things, you know. And so that that really like checked a box for me and, and felt good in my heart. And then they actually offered me um, a contract after the May Young, but it didn't align. It didn't it didn't feel right. Like it just didn't align with where I was at in my life. And, um, but I was at that point, I was open to doing something here or there. Cause I had kind of like gotten that mad revitalized that magic a little bit after, after mm -hmm. my young. Um, so I was like open to it for a little bit and that, that's why I did end up going to, um, the, the, the rumble, uh, last. rumble last year. Yeah. Um, just cause I was kind of open to the idea, but, um, so I, you know, I'll never like fully, I, I say this, like, I'll never fully close the chapter on it. Like, you know, I still do um, appearances and signings and stuff. But as far as, like, anything in, in ring, I don't know. It would have to be like, incredibly aligned um, just because, you know, I love what I do now. And I know that that, that life is such a different life than, than um, the way that I live my life now. So, you know, never say never, but it's not something that I'm, like, actively trying to bring into my awareness, my, my situation. <laughs> Right. You're doing so good now that it's almost like trying to like let something into that bubble might, you know, potentially jeopardize that. That's a cool way of saying it. And I feel like too, I've, I've let so, so many, um, so many parts of myself, um, you know, either I'll sacrifice or say, Oh, maybe I'll try this again at, at the risk of jeopardizing something just because I'm like, what if, you know, what if I, because for a long time, I just, I had that feeling of like, I wish I had accomplished more in my career. And I, there were so many more things I could do. So it's such a big platform to be able to share my message. And, and when I look at it like that, I'm like, wow, there is so much potential and so much possibility when, when you get aligned with like a huge company like WWE. So, um, you know, there was, there was actually a time too, where my husband and I were talking to, um, where we're talking to, um, uh, I don't even know how to say it. So, some of the, the people, um, uh, some of the back, the people in the back, some of the people that are responsible for kind of the health and well-being of the talent, just the overall morale. And we were talking about working with 
them to kind of develop some kind of system or program for when the talent was not not feeling good and not feeling confident mm-hmm. in themselves not feeling like they were uh being treated fairly or just you know not in a good headspace and it ended up not really working out um or just it it just it just didn't end up working out and then um that whole thing with vents happened recently or uh, late last year or whatever um that was really interesting so i was like man this is a lot <laughs> uh but i think i really think that there is a place for some kind of massive shift in the culture of how people how talent and the office um show up for each other and what what that feels like on a regular basis for for everyone the writers there's such a high turnover rate and i do get it because it's like it's it really it's like the circus but the amount of stress that everybody is under um is so insane to me and and unless there was like some really big change from within i don't know if it's something that i would be able to sustain or be around for a long period of time mm-hmm. um just because now at this point in my life i i feel that i really am able to select the the types of environments that i want to be in and what feels good to me yeah, I've recently actually, um, from talking to some talent from other forms of entertainment and TV, I hear them talk about how there should be some type of transitional period after getting off of set or like of filming the show because of how much of a culture shock it is to like be in front of you know producers and cameras twenty four seven to then be thrust back into your normal life like that quick. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a culture shock element to that, and I guess the same could be said for wrestling as well. Um, to a certain extent, except like there's obviously a way more physical toll that you're being taken on with wrestling as opposed to just normal filming of TV. So, but still kind of same thing. I, I, I've come into contact with a lot of people that were like professional athletes or like really high level athletes or, or someone that was like part of a really rigorous filming schedule, uh, whether it was TV or, or movies or something. And I think for anyone, it's kind of the same process of when you step away from that, you're like, who am I? And, mm-hmm. and what, you know, what is my purpose? What am I capable of? What do I want to do? Because I, I feel like when you step away from that, you realize how much of your life and that life force and all of your energy you give to it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of this moment where you're like, unless you have the tools and you have the ability and the, the mental fortitude to be able to sit down and, and really assess what you want for your life and where you're at. Unless you do that, I, I, I feel like it's so difficult to, to really have any direction or understand just who you are and what you want to do with your life because it, it is such a massive change, such a massive change of just the way that you live your life, you know, on, from, from the, the time you start your day to the, how you end your day, you know, it's just different. It's so different. I struggled a lot with that. I've met um you know different like you know ex-football player and ex-nfl players or you know my husband he played at ohio state he was a very high level athlete um, for football and so Mm -hmm. it's just when you put all of yourself into something you put all of your energy towards something it's and and all of a sudden it's no longer there or you're not a part of it anymore you you just struggle with purpose you struggle with with where to find that that feeling of satiation or, or purpose in your life and it really does leave it doesn't act to me it doesn't leave a void it's like you've always had that void like so for me that i always had that void and then i would try to fill it with fitness and it was wrestling and then when i was done wrestling it was time for me to try start to figure out like you know what it what was it that i was searching for that i feel like i didn't get and how can i give that to myself so unless you have the awareness and the ability to do that assessment on yourself when you leave like a really big time career or you know whatever it is it's going to be really difficult and i think it's going to be difficult no matter what but as, as long as you do realize that there's like a big calibration process to to calibrate yourself back into or not even back into just into a different life into a different way of living into a different way of being it's mm-hmm. it is it's such a transition but um thank you so much for being so generous with your time today and gracing my shows with your presence i had a such a fun time speak with you about some highlights from your career and then kind of um, what you were dealing with after the fact and what you're up to now. So thanks again. Thank you for having me. You're an excellent host and I really enjoyed my time here. So thank you so much for having me on. Great. Have a nice rest of your day. You too.